Oh, now we are. I'm Santa. I'm Frank. I'm Kurt Russell. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> man you there frank and tom as well come in and know me better man i'm shaking my belly all around that's uh, both the ghost of christmas present and justin speaking <laughs> uh you boys have been naughty i'm going to teach you what christmas is uh, of the the present variety what are your thoughts did we say that we're plaid lads we're plaid lads (laughs) (laughs) all right let's take that over (laughs) Uh, it's your it's your no let's go over to old bob cratchit's house where his son is dying and that's so sad and then there's uh um your nephew's there he's a happy lad just the, the ghost of christmas present yeah yes do you not recall the plot of a christmas carol uh what are you speaking of did they have they written of my works a little bit well one guy did uh you know it's a uh a cute movie the man who invented christmas H- hang on hang on hang yes. on ghost of christmas present uh uh-huh. um let, let me field this one by you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a, a man named Charles Dickens? Oh, that turd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That guy uh, made up lots of lies about me. Like what? Um, One, he... Um, uh, That's what I thought. It's all true. What? Whatever. It's all true. You, you wear uh, a large green robe and... Yes. Uh, like a, a holly wreath around your head. Yeah, but I can't grow and shrink. Is that Justin the Muppet Christmas Carol? It's Justin the Muppet one. He's a big dude the whole time. That's the uh, that's the best the, one. I the Muppet Christmas Carol fucking sucks. Yo, I'm sorry. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Michael Caine is the best uh, uh, Scrooge. Here's what Scrooge needs. I watched the first hello, half. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I, I watched the first half of the fucking one with Patton in it. And it's like, this yeah, is boring as shit. No, the George C. Scott one's the best one. It's boring as shit. Scrooge should be, like, uh, mythically bad. So that when he changes... But that's not how he is in the book. It, fuck the book! Fuck the book and fuck you guys! We're, oh, I'm taking you straight to Ghosts of Christmas Future where you fuckers die. Oh no, Ghost. Please, Ghost. These... I can change. I don't believe you. <laughs> so so anyway, the point of Scrooge in the book is mm. that he uh, is trying to be better, and he doesn't know if he can be. And it's in that moment of self-doubt that he has that visit from the ghosts. No, it's an evil, douchey man who gets changed one night. Uh, it's Christmas magic. It's a miracle. 
Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it's me, Michael Caine. And I'm being visited by these two fucking puppets who are just mean to everybody. Oh. And they get drunk in the theater and they yell things. It's Jacob. And guess who the other one's name is? It's Robert, as in Bob Marley hilarious. It's very funny. Brilliant it's joke. A, a plus joke. It is. It's, I'm sure the kids in the audience who were watching it really got it. They had, they all had Bob Marley legend posters. <laughs> I'm convinced that no child has ever seen the Muppets. The Muppets audience is uh, com- completely consists of older brothers. <laughs> the Mu- the Muppets audience just consistently stays old because it was people who watched it as a kid. And then they just get older and keep liking the Muppets. <laughs> yes. And little kids watch it and they're like, what the fuck is this shit? I'm going to go play Fortnite and <laughs> watch disturbing cartoon videos where Elsa beheads a cat. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, kids these days. I'm not the ghost of Kismet Pebbets. I'm John Vince. <laughs> <laughs> that one again, Chief? No, what? Did you start you speaking were... elvish there? Merry Christmas! Murphy Crimbo. How's it going, Tom? We're all here for Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year if you're so inclined to uh, like Christmas. Two out of three people here are. That's true. Well, I just think uh, Christmas can go eat a big one, that's all. I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of a uh, Mr... H.R. Scrooge and stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. Is your uh, middle name Grinch? Huh? And what about your first name? Is it Tom? Yeah, my name is Tom Grinch, H.R. Scrooge and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ethnic name, Justin. You're being very insensitive. Oh, no. It's Bulgarian. Stop being so vulgarian. What are we doing here, fellas? It's Christmas time. What are your thoughts? We know my thoughts. I'm just going to shut up the rest of this time. Uh, I, for one, enjoy the holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the food. It's kind of Thanksgiving, but better food-wise sometimes. Yeah, because it's more like open. You can, like, people do yeah, what you want. Yeah, you. there's not, like, a set meal for the most part the way that there is uh on thanksgiving although my family generally does very similar stuff because uh they do the (laughs) italian thing with the fish oh um but anytime wait wait, wait. not all of us are uh are of the mediterranean handicap Uh, explain what the hell the italian thing with the fish is so it's if i recall because i'm like uh, a quarter italian you uh get fish and you slap each other with it that's exactly it actually that's mm-hmm. well that that's just an italian man's monday yes. <laughs> slapping another man with a fish in his underwear hey uh, the paisan i hit you with the fishy yelling for his mother uh but no really folks uh, now that i've been racist to italians um <laughs> The, the the Italian thing with the fish is on Christmas dinner, you're supposed to eat uh, at least seven uh, fish courses. Now, it's, this is to um, um, uh, celebrate uh, the uh, the day when uh, Jesus Christ, the baby, defeated uh, Neptune, king of the ocean, correct? <laughs> that is actually probably closer to it. 
uh, Christianity did a lot of uh, exterminating of those old religions there. (laughs) So it was actually, uh, you were being silly right there, but you kind (laughs) of... You kind of hit the nail on the head. (laughs) You really went for it there. See, I was going to be racist toward the Italians too, but then I remembered that the Italians... um, it's funny because I was going to call them a bunch of fascists. Uh, I mean, they but, are that. Yeah, but that's the thing. They are because one of my favorite things in, around Christmas is actually to do with the Romans, who are both Italians and fascists. Ooh. Like like the original, like uh, fascistas, like they like the fascists anyway, uh, which is Saturnalia, which you were mm. talking about, Neptune. Let's talk about Saturn. Um, the famous uh, Roman... Christmas, where it was a not Christmas, and it had to do with mirth and merrymaking, and uh, I said it before, but the suspensions of all titles and duties, and the the town idiot became the mayor, and the mayor became the town idiot, and they took a week, and everyone got shit faced, and 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 and, and doinked each other, and uh, and hung out, and it was great, and that's what I like about Christmas, folks. I like the idea of a a magical day in the year where everything's just kind of different and everything comes to a standstill. Now, Christmas can go eat a big one. Mm -hmm. If I can can wash the Christ out of Christmas, Mm -hmm. uh, I I could like it. Um, And I think you can because it's this weird thing. Uh, It's it's like um, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That with the commercialization of Christmas, it's getting uh, Christ out of there. I have nothing against Jesus. I think he was a good man. All of that bullshit. But he has nothing to do with Christmas. Is it wasn't he supposed to be born in September? It, it's it's a complete uh, uh, bullshit thing. But it was like October. Yeah. Um, with the commercialization of Christmas, that's getting that out of there. So then we just need to fight the commercialization. But uh, the secular Christmas is a beautiful thing. You see it in, on any uh, um, uh, Christmas uh, cur- a commercial <laughs> of just uh, multicultural families celebrating. It's beautiful. It's a nice thing. I mean, we'll talk about it with the with the Fraser episode mm. <clears throat> a little bit, kind of. I've got a problem with uh, the Christmas overload, which I I pin squarely on the commercialization of Christmas, which is that we all get so burned out that the moment of Christmas moment Christmas is over. We just want to throw all our shit out and take down all our decorations. And we go, no, it's January now and it's cold and it's bleak. And we're all just going to have seasonal affective disorder and be <laughs> miserable. When my only complaint with Christmas is that it's too early. It's close to the equinox, which is the darkest time of the year. But, you know, we, we make winter this otherwise pretty unbearable experience. We make it wonderful. We make it cozy and spicy and special and sweatery. And, and there's delicious food and, and merrymaking and togetherness. And then we do that three days after the uh, after the winter solstice, and then and then it's over. Take down your lights. Yeah. It's dark. Enjoy the darkness. It's true. If we could just flip the Christmas season and get that comet's tail going through into <clears throat> February, that would be the the 
That Perfect was a thing. beautiful imagery right there. <laughs> yeah, we, you're right. We really do flip a switch literally as soon as uh, January 2nd rolls around. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just misery all the time. There's no more reason to have fun until about May, mm. like when the sun comes out again. Uh, and uh, then we just kind of start the whole cycle over because then the fall comes after that and uh, we begin anew. But yeah, I... Uh, I enjoy the Christmas season. I like eggnog. I like mulled wine. Mm. I like uh, coziness. I like Christmas movies for the most part. I don't like the fucking movie we're about to talk about. Uh, And I resent Justin forever for (laughs) last minute putting it on the schedule instead of Stanley Donan's masterpiece charade. Uh, (laughs) We could have talked about It's a Wonderful Life. We could have talked about any of the Christmas Carol movies. We could have talked about anything else. But no, we're we're in a few minutes we're gonna talk about one of the worst things I've ever seen. Anyway, I like Christmas. I like snacks that come around at Christmas. Uh I like holiday parties. I like uh drinking. Have you ever you had a mythically good uh holiday party experience? Like particularly like an office holiday party experience. Have you ever had like the lampshade on the head? The boss is making out with the secretary. Uh, the the guy who you assumed would shoot up the place is like playing an accordion and singing in Polish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, but we're we're laughing conspiratorially because I think the two of us know who you're talking about. Um, but uh, no, I have not. Shout I'm, out to Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, uh, that might happen. Who knows? Uh, I think the official office wide office party is tomorrow night, but I don't think I'm going to go cause I have other shit to do. Um, and it's at a huge crowded bar and I don't feel like doing that. Um, but the regular regular office party that was just my group was pretty fun. Pretty fun. Lots of drinking, lots of hanging out, having fun. Hmm. What about uh, what about you, JJ? What about you, J Baby? Huh? Are you, you talking to it? me, yes. little baby Jesus Christ? Yes. <laughs> well, my favorite Christmas memory was when I was uh, born. Last year or a couple days in the future? Wait, what? What year is it? Ah! <laughs> ah. <laughs> on christmas we my family eats uh greek food because we are a bunch of weirdos <laughs> are you ethnically uh, i am i am uh half irish uh probably like uh 35 percent greek and like 15 percent um italian I was wondering why you frequently carried around oily fish and ouzo <laughs> and, uh, and baklava. I now have my answer. Well, that's actually uh, penance. Uh, I um, once uh, uh, stole a chicken from a Greek witch <laughs> um, and am cursed to wander this uh, land uh, like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> You, you gotta uh, wear more open-toed sandals and wife beaters if you really want to get that Mediterranean. Uh, he does wear sandals for approximately I, three quarters of the year. I do, um, but and uh, so that's 
that's that. But then I was thinking recently that, that that's what everybody should do because the real savior of uh, Christmas, Santa Claus, uh, St. Nicholas, was a Greek gentleman um, who, who, if I may real quick, go through a few of his um, uh, miracles. Uh, one, he is the uh, patron saint of prostitutes. Yeah. Uh, and this is because... He patroned a lot of poor houses. <laughs> I was going to say, a.k.a. Rob Lowe. <laughs> he um, overheard one day that a father was going to sell his daughter into uh, um, uh, uh, sexual sex slavery. slavery. And he was like, fuck, I got to get on that. No, no. So he put her in his sack. No, Jesus Christ, no. Took no. her back to his lair. <laughs> no, what he did. On top of Mount Olympus. No, that's did. not what Santa Claus would do. Here's what he did. He just found some money in his pocket and secretly uh, gave it to them. That's miracle one. I don't see how that's guy? a miracle. <laughs> um, but that's the beginning of uh, gift giving. Uh, saving... Uh, a girl from sex slavery. Two, a butcher was chopping up children and Santa found out and put the kids back together again. <laughs> What's... Hang on. <laughs> yes? Uh, how? Um, Christmas magic? So oh, okay. So, like, when he put the children back together again, did he... Was it kind of like an uncanny monkey's claw back from the dead thing? And this corrupted um, species of elven children became the race of elves oh God. that he took and to his... And then they his... tore him apart. No, do not... do not uh, Like the island of Dr. Moreau. Do not ruin Santa's mythology like the movie that we will be getting to later on. Um, No, Santa's great. You guys suck. I'm um Santa... Hey, you luck. are Santa. You were wearing a, a Santa so hat. So isn't the other famous thing about St. Nicholas that he beat the shit out of a guy because he said he didn't believe in God? Is that true? I think that's a true thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the World Star video of that. Um, so, Justin, you're wearing a Santa hat. Didn't you used to wear also the entire rest of a Santa suit? Justin once played Santa in our high school play. I did. Talk about that for a while, won't you? Uh, a, I've seen the pictures. It's glorious. It was a miserable experience, and I hated it. <laughs> Which is weird, <laughs> because I saw that picture, and I thought to myself, this is the happiest that Justin has ever been. It was, and you said it was awful. It was legitimately the most unhappy I've ever been. Well, it did make a lot of sense, because the show that was being staged was uh, Little Shop of Horror. And, uh, yes. They decided to kind of spice up that meatball by uh, <laughs> putting Santa Claus into the show. <laughs> you were the Bill Murray, but it's Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, suffice it to say, reviews were mixed. <laughs> not kind. Not kind. Uh, Richard Brody was not happy. But don't you have some fond memories of being Santa? Interacting with small children, perhaps? No, here's the thing. People, um, little kids are a bunch of fucking weirdos. Uh, and I was dressed like Santa. So they kept like hugging me, <laughs> and so I kept having to gently push them away. <laughs> it it is kind of weird that we slap this suit onto a stranger, and suddenly children want to hug can this touch guy. Children, yeah, and they didn't realize that they were hugging a greasy seventeen year old. You know, like who <laughs> <laughs> probably smelled like weed. 
Well, the suit might have. Um, I do believe, actually, was it for that show? It may have been. Uh, I first started drinking because of it. <laughs> <laughs> because I would, I had, I had gotten drunk before that. Um, but I playing Santa and, and doing all of the rehearsals and it was just a hot suit and it was disgusting. And there were these weirdo little kids and I just felt like I understand the sense of, I need a drink. And then I didn't let up for a good few years. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you some news. Yeah, do do that. There's a new nerd shit trailer, and Frank and Justin are all excited about it. Here to talk about it are a couple of nerds, Frank and Justin. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing it again. Uh, so the Hellboy trailer. <laughs> it fucking looks awful. It does. It, um... This within... just in. <laughs> Nerds think new trailer looks bad. Uh, I I have had not been more excited since um, the first Lord of the Rings trailers came out. Um, I, I was trying... I've been trying to prep you for the better part of a year. To not get excited for this movie. Well, here's the thing about it. If it if it was still Ron Perlman, here's what it what is. Everybody's been lying to us and saying this is a reboot and it's a darker. No, no, no. Uh, it's just a continuation of the Ron Perlman one. Which, if you're doing that, why didn't you keep Ron Perlman? Yeah, just keep because. Okay, Stranger Things guy, he's fine, I guess. It's it's good casting, but his. Uh, and he's not good under makeup. It, well, his face and doesn't also the move. The makeup is bad. Yeah, his face doesn't move. The makeup is really bad. Yeah. They did a bad job on the makeup. Like, that's why you hire Guillermo del Toro for things, because he's good with that kind of stuff. Exactly. He I... makes sure that, like, when you put heavy makeup on an actor, it's the kind of makeup that will move. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. And uh, um, they have Ben Damo in it, and he's British? Yeah, British guy, not uh, Japanese-American. Well, they tried to also cast another British guy, so they just had a hard-on for making this guy British. Why, but the... why would you do that? Why would you introduce this character, who's a great fucking character? It, it kind of breaks my heart, because I had a dream. That they would do, I, I know I'm, I'm a fucking nerd, but that they would reboot the movies, do a Hellboy movie, and do this one with the, the Blood Queen, have him die at the end, but have concurrently a BPRD story going through, then have a FX show of the BPRD. <laughs> they're very clearly not doing that. They're, they're not, and it could have been so fucking beautiful. Uh... Everybody's looking to have franchises and and uh, uh, these uh, shared universes. Why the hell wouldn't you do that with uh, Hellboy and the BPRD? Have Hellboy die in this. Have him be uh, do Hellboy in Hell in the next movie, which ties into what's going on on Earth of uh, the Hell on Earth cycle. You can you can skip. You can jump to that. It would be fucking brilliant. Um, another huge problem is that the story that they largely chose to adapt and they're, they're doing bits and pieces of a lot of things from what I can see. 
Uh, the story that they largely chose to adapt, as Justin said, involved Nimue, the Blood Queen, a.k.a. the Lady of the Lake, uh, from King Arthur's Legend, uh, which adapts a very late in the original Hellboy run story that culminates in Hellboy sort of taking the mantle of the, the King of Britain. Uh, but the point of that story is that it's a late story. It's mm -hmm. a culmination of a series-long arc. The fact that they're rebooting a series God, so with, in the first movie with a an end point is nonsensical. It doesn't. It just. It doesn't make any sense. And the fact that they're keeping Professor Broom in the movie when the first movie made the smart decision to follow the story and have him just get fucking murdered uh, pretty early on is again it's they're just making bizarre choices here and i don't know why mike mignola decided to give it the project the thumbs up other than they brought another boatload of money to his house yeah it's, but it it looks awful i i don't let nerd shit like this uh get to me that much but this one kind of broke my heart a little bit. I was very excited. Yeah. And now I'm was, over it. <laughs> I was I was trying to warn you, like, in a, the year leading up to this, like, you don't cast Mia Jovovich in good movies. <laughs> like, casting Mia Jovovich in a thing means your movie's going to be yeah. bad. I'm sorry. I'm sure she's a nice person. She, is, she seems very nice in interviews. She's a very down-to-earth person. She is fucking terrible and she is only in terrible movies and they cast her as Nimue the Blood Queen it's uh we'll we'll keep an eye on this uh for any late breaking developments uh, you out there in uh Plaidville I mean when it comes out in April we're gonna fucking talk about it oh god yeah I'm gonna see it possibly at midnight <laughs> more power to you so this week Justin made us watch the Netflix I original. You. I yes, you, you did. <laughs> I gave you a choice. <clears throat> a choice <clears throat> that you could not say no to. Uh, it was, uh, yeah. Uh, so it was The Christmas Chronicles <laughs> starring uh, uh, Kurt Russell. It's. Uh, it came out a uh, little over a month ago, or about a month ago, on November 22nd, uh, on Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive and you can tell. Um, and my theory on this movie. I've got that, a theory as well. Go on. Was that it was a Hallmark movie. Like it was a yeah. script mm -hmm. that they made for Hallmark. This seems like the highest budget Hallmark movie ever made. And it's literally only high budget for two actors. And we've already named one of them. The second one is a surprise. We'll get to that. And we'll get to it. Um, but boys, it's, it, it's a Hallmark script that they got a big A-list star to star in. Boys, before we unleash the shitstorm, and don't <laughs> worry, we will. I want to go around, and everybody says one thing that they liked about I this was, movie. I was going to say this. I was thinking that while watching the movie, looking out for it, and I have um two things. I do. I'll, I'll save them. I'll 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 go last. Uh, your, your your things will probably be more profound, so I'll get this out of the way. Oh, really. <laughs> uh, this movie had really great uh, set design, and a really really nice physical props. Uh, I the 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 North Pole set 
was beautiful with all the, the, the wooden filing cabinets and the weird North Pole steampunk uh, 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 automatic elevator thingy and mm. uh, the, the wooden alcoves with the books and the fireplace. It was exactly what you wanted. I really liked the sleigh. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the actual prop of the sleigh itself, I uh, I like the it way it was that a little steampunky, but they didn't go uh, <clears throat> so far with the technology. Exactly, that lots of people do. Yeah. exactly. It because they they didn't have the money. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it wasn't like it had like OnStar mm-hmm. on the dashboard. It was sort of uh, just Christmas magic. Everything just had a Christmas emerald green glow uh, that just made it m- magical and. Uh, yeah, I, I I shot principally in uh, in in uh, like the Lakeshore district of Chicago. Uh, oh no, they did not. They shot it in Canada. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm imagining they, they shot the whole fucking thing in Toronto. <laughs> I'm imagining they couldn't, uh, you know, shut down Chicago to film this turd. Uh, so you know, but it, it looked the part mostly. I'll, I'll give you that. It did look like a, a Christmas movie. Uh, you know, uh, so that's the nice thing I have to say. Frank? I had, and I should have wrote it down, but I had a line that legitimately made me go, mm-hmm. and I forget what it was. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was my one nice thing, is that I had a legitimate laugh line, and the only thing I remember about it is that it seemed like punch-up, like... You know how sometimes comedians talk about this on podcasts where they pay stand-up comedians, usually a lot of really famous ones, to do script punch-up, which is where they hand them scripts that they're filming. And they said, write jokes in this to make it funnier for like a second. And they just get paid to sit around all day and like plug random jokes into scripts. Mm -hmm. There was a joke in here that seemed like comedian punch-up, and I don't remember what it was, (laughs) except that it was just like, heh. I think it was sometime late in the movie when they're in Chicago. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Kurt Russell says it. Um, but other than that, this this movie was a fucking turd, <laughs> and I wanted to die. Oh, I also got a legitimate laugh out of the fucking kid almost getting his nuts <laughs> sliced off by a chainsaw. Jesus. This fucking... Know what this movie... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Justin. Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, please. Give me a second. I have to remember. <laughs> oh, fuck, 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 fuck. All right. So I had two things. One, um, I very much appreciated when the little girl went into Santa's sack. I liked how that was she handled. She went in on Santa's sack. Jesus. Oh, God, Frank. <laughs> God. I got a lot more of these. I was oh. picturing the end of True Detective this whole time. Oh, no. You... <laughs> Oh, God. No, I, I enjoyed uh, the uh, the magic of of the sack. I enjoyed her going into it. when it, She started falling and then it became a CGI you nightmare. You gotta stop saying sack. What? It's his sack. It's his fucking it is, sack. It's a bag. It was his... It's his fucking sack. There's nothing wrong with that. If you sit on my lap today, a kiss, a toy is the price you pay. <laughs> pay me my price, little girl. Jesus! No! No! That is hacky and and <laughs> and disgusting. I had another thing 
I'll I'll get to it whenever I remember. Wait, no, also, no, but, fuck but, you guys. You're gonna sit here and wait while I think. Um, <laughs> uh, you're you've been a bad, bad little boyfriend. <laughs> um, okay. So it's the sack. Shit, I had another thing I enjoyed. Was it the the dick? <laughs> oh, oh my god, I need to think. Um, it was. Well, his... While Justin's thinking, I did also get a mild eh, out of the cameo at the end. Yeah, um, that wasn't bad. No, let's talk about that. Let's yeah, talk. so this movie, uh, you've actually probably seen it because it did very well on Netflix. Uh, Kurt Russell is Santa Claus to a group of despondent, not group, a pair of despondent children whose uh, dumbass dad gets killed in a fire because he's a big old dumb dumb. dick. What an asshole. They're raised by a single mom. Uh, the teenager is a Grand Theft Auto doing kid who's stealing cars and potentially drinking beer and hanging out with quote unquote gangster friends. Yeah. This movie uh, had not one, but <laughs> two multiracial street gangs. Yeah. Oh boy, we'll get to it. Um <laughs> And they see Santa come to their house on Christmas Eve. There's a shot of them discovering Santa's sleigh that I'm sure in the script is supposed to be imbued with wonder and awe. But it's this pull up and it looks cheap as shit. And the sleigh looks like garbage. And (laughs) the sense of space is just completely off. Like the shot of the sleigh is completely cramped. Like it takes up most of the frame so that it looks bad. And the sleigh looks like shit. I already said that. But anyway... And they have a whole adventure. Santa needs to get a sleigh back in the reindeer and make sure that everybody uh, uh, gets all their toys and presents on Christmas Eve or else the Holocaust is going to happen <laughs> and the prison population is going to increase because crime increases without Santa Claus, especially in the city of Chicago, oh. is what Kurt Russell Santa says to the Chicago PD officer. Fucking anyway, at the end of the movie, Santa gets back to the North Pole. Who's Mrs. Claus? It's Kurt Russell's longtime life partner, Goldie Hawn. And I, I when I saw that, you you got a little uh, chuckle from it. When I saw it, I felt so terrible for Goldie Hawn <laughs> because yeah. she, Kurt Russell, seems like he was having a fun time in this movie. Yeah, he probably was. Um. No, he doesn't. He seems really angry throughout this entire film. Every line he delivers, there's a smoldering rage behind his eyes, and it shines through absolutely. I I have two theories on this film. My first theory is that this was written by a, a terminally ill child, and it was produced for, what's it called? The Final Wish thing. Oh, Make-A-Wish. For Make-A-Wish, and that's why Kurt Russell is uh, doing this movie. But then after the fact, they found out that it was written by a 40-year-old uh, pedophile. <laughs> it was written... They, in this movie, so they end up in Chicago. The family is originally from Massachusetts, and Santa Slay lands them in Chicago. And the Chicago PD officer is... There are there's so much intrusion of realism that I don't appreciate oh, in this God. movie. Yes, um, Santa Claus. Everybody, stop for a second. This is the moment when I threw up in my mouth. 
Santa Claus says fake news. <laughs> yeah, like five. As soon as they meet Santa Claus, he says fake news, which means um, that Santa Claus watches television, sees Trump on television. He uh, is a Trump supporter. <laughs> Probably is. He wears a lot of red. He wears a red hat. He wears a red hat and he wears a long um, a, a trench coat mafia. <laughs> he does. It's weird. Red <laughs> jacket. It's very weird looking, the coat they have on this uh, Santa. Uh, and it looks cheap, too. Um, but anyway, so they, the, the Chicago PD officer is like very realistically questioning why this old man would be in the company of these two teenagers uh, not even te- one's a teenager. The other is a small child. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you're from Massachusetts. You're crossing state lines with these kids. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Like this guy thinks he's, you know, speaking a true detective, like he's uncovered this huge pedophile ring. And but also state police would not be detaining this person. Those are federal charges. Um, but anyway, uh, the other intrusion of realism that like chilled me to my bones was the shitty teenager kid is rustling through santa's sack uh santa's ball sack for the little girl who goes into the north pole from santa's sack and he's in uh what i assume has got to be wicker park but they don't say it's wicker park because it's fucking toronto and this multi-ethnic street gang that tom references tries to shake him down for the sack and they say to him for what's about to happen to you you still think it's worth it to keep onto that sack and it's like this kid's about to get fucking tortured and they threaten to throw him in a furnace alive and dump him into a a trash can yeah in this Christmas movie you know what this movie felt like to me Uh, If anybody's a fan of the show American Dad, it feels (laughs) like one of the Christmas special episodes of American Dad. Those are actually, uh, not to out myself a little bit, but those are actually pretty good. No, no, no. No, we're we're American Dad fans here at Platinum. And uh, yeah, it felt like that with none of the comedy. You could also substitute it it felt like a, uh, uh, although I'm not a huge fan of this show, it felt like a Rick and Morty. Uh, 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 long special again without the humor. Um, yeah, it just felt like uh, it felt like a caricature of a hammy, terrible Christmas tale uh, that was completely mirthless, and uh, it was it was Boomer Daddy Claus getting her. Yeah. Now here here's my second theory. My second theory is that Kurt Russell. Uh, himself wrote this film. Uh, the reason I say this and why I say I think he had fun in it is because I'm positive he insisted that the musical number get put in there. Well, see, that's why I think it wasn't written by Kurt Russell. And I'm going to present my alternate theory, but I'm going to let you keep going for a second. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I think uh, I, uh, I always had a warm spot in my heart for Kurt Russell. I thought I, he's I love Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, this movie honestly <laughs> made me question: Is he good? Because he is I, good. He, I, he's I, not good. I he's s- not good in that. I saw him being as Kurt Russell-y as he has ever been in this film, and it was terrible. And I will not just lay the blame on the the poor, pathetic soul who wrote this. 
Well, I have a theory about who wrote this, and I think it's pretty accurate. So Justin is referencing uh, they detain Santa in a fucking Cook County jail. Like, fucking good luck, Santa. You're about to get fucking shanked. Um, And Santa in this county jail uh, encounters none other than little Steven (laughs) from the E Street Band and the Sopranos. Yes. In this jail, uh, in a terrible wig, uh, and he gives little Steven, uh, a guitar and all the other inmates instruments. He gives the black inmate a trumpet. Well, at least he didn't didn't give him a bass, but but he gives the black inmate a trumpet. He says, I've never played trumpet before. I don't know how to play this. The previous musicians, um, he knows our musicians. He has given them instruments before. This guy has never played fucking... He gives a black guy a trumpet. (laughs) And this black guy very right... Like Justin said, he very rightly says, I have never played this before. And Santa says, fuck you. You know how to play it now because of Santa magic. And on the cell across from them are three black women in costumes who are singing backup. Now, okay. I'm not saying the scene. But here's where my alternate theory comes in real quick, Tom, and then I'll let you get to it. My alternate theory is that Jim Belushi wrote this movie because he's the only person I can think of who would have a Blues Brothers number in the middle of a goddamn Christmas movie? Yeah, yeah. I yes, I could see him writing it and thinking this is my big chance to come well, back. Yeah, this is my big chance. And then they give it to Kurt Russell. Has anybody checked on Jim Belushi since he this was came excellent out? on Twin Peaks? He was. He uh, he's dead now. Oh hell, I'm dead. He's in hell with his brother. Oh no, they they would both be in hell. <laughs> um, that's not the only instance of Santa racism. Um, early on, and I, I I thought I enjoyed the beginning of the scene when he they go into the restaurant and he's talking to the person working there, and it's uh it's the whole thing of like I know all these <laughs> things about you. And There's a thing that made me mad. That's not going to be the thing that made you mad, but I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I kind of liked that, but then he goes around asking people to help, and then he uh, starts speaking. Uh, what language was that? Some, I don't know, but some sort of South Asian language, perhaps. Yeah, Hindi that would be or, my guess. Which he Hindi or Urdu. He has proven that he knows all of these people, and then the guy says, "I, I speak English." <laughs> yeah, like, he's he says, "I speak English." You jerk. Oh. Um, but there is a thing earlier in that scene where he goes to the hostess of this restaurant mm-hmm. and he says, oh, you, you were your dream was to be a fashion designer. Uh, and he looks at the fact that she's a fucking hostess making money and mm-hmm. says, oh, I guess that fashion design didn't work out, huh? <laughs> what she so she is immediately enthralled by Santa. Mm-hmm. What she should have said was, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, all all of this um, is bullshit because we find out at the end that he was just <clears throat> playing possum and he didn't need to do any of this shit. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I just like how Santa, with his uh, ability to break the rules of 
conservation of matter with his jacket uh, is having to like borrow a car from strangers and getting thwarted by uh, a crabby bartender. And uh... no, here's the thing though: this was such a terribly written film. But at the end, I I had the realization: was this movie trying to do something and failing spectacularly? I think. Uh, he allowed himself to be in jail. He allowed the kids to think that the hat was the magic thing because he was saving the kids' Christmas. He was saving the one cop's marriage. He was all of these things. Uh, which, you, no, no, no. No, no, no. You have not earned that film. You don't get to do that. You can be a dumb little, fun little, sexy Santa running around. Fine, have fun with that. Don't try to do a thing, you fucking piece of shit. Eat my shit, you fucker. <laughs> uh, I, I was just thinking about this right now when you were talking, instead of listening. Uh, this, uh, <laughs> this could have, when I think about the lines as they are, and how bad they are, and the story, and how nonsensical it is, I think... This could have been like a fair, a Fairly Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah. that would have been funny. If, and if it had least... that that like dorky, endearing, uh, earnest tone to it, uh, yeah, it could have worked. If or if it this... could have worked, and they you would have gotten to see Santa fuck probably, and I, I would have preferred that. Yeah, it, I, that could have worked. It did have the feel of that. Um, I had another thought, which I thought the movie was going in this direction. Which is, I would love to see this almost like a, almost a found footage, footage movie. Maybe not. But I would like to see the movie that this set out to be. Which is kids trying to capture Santa Claus on film. Are you hearing this? Are you hearing this Jewish Santa? Are you hearing this Steven Spielberg? <laughs> Are you going to make this Super 8 uh, Santa Claus movie that Justin so desperately desperately wants to exist no but he like, might do that he made for fucking ready player one he might do that but like think how fun that would be of of the whole time the kids are trying to capture santa and and there's no stakes oh there's no christmas spirit is only 15 percent and that means that the world's going to explode and a second 9-11 will happen. He blames the Holocaust and World Wars 1 and 2 yeah. on people not He's, believing in Santa. No, okay. No, 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 no. Not on people not believing in Santa. On him not delivering presents. Listen, he says the Dark Ages. And then... But then he says all those wars you've read about yeah. in school. Yeah, it, it 100% is saying the world wars. I think it doesn't matter what war he's referencing. I think blaming wars on... War. Uh... Oh, yes. This this movie, has, I... I, I, I has gone in such a direction in terms of the Santa mythology in a direction I would not even think of. <laughs> like, yes, like elf and stuff do have, uh, like, Oh, the people are, aren't believing in Santa. So my magic sleigh's not working. Okay. Uh, but you don't <laughs> blame atrocities or, or the rising crime rates. <laughs> In the city of Chicago, now, which is a, a real thing. 
Now the thing that's really annoying in all of all of those moments is is Kurt Russell's performance, which is with mirth, mirth mirthless uh, dickishness and and anger intensity, mm-hmm. where he's he, when he says to the to the black cop, mind you. Uh, which it always like when he's talking to the black cops, it's with a certain kind of <clears throat> disrespect I don't appreciate. And yeah. then uh, when he talks about the rising crime rate, it sounds like a threat. <laughs> it's it's like a Fox News like yes. grandpa way of putting it. The way he says it, yes. it's like especially not here in the city of Chicago. That's why I legitimately had to look in the credits to see if Steve Bannon produced this film. <laughs> It's uh, you know what would make this movie make sense if Larry the Cable Guy played Santa. <laughs> if this was on uh, country music television. Hey, little girl, you ever fart so hard your back cracks? <laughs> uh, uh, now all of that being said, fuck this fucking movie. I cried three times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we close out the discussion, <laughs> what three things made you cry? Um, the end of the opening terrible, painful bad, segment, bad open sequence where it's it's all these home movies, and then it like kind of pulls back, and you see the it's the little girl watching it, and her father died. That made me cry. Terrible performance. That little girl is the kid actoriest kid actor I've ever seen in my she fucking life. She sucked. She's awful. Also, with the teenage boy, when he, he also sucked. When he when they're walking along. And he hears, um, uh, oh, Christmas tree coming from the church. And that was dad's favorite song. Why are they singing, oh, Christmas tree? At a church! (laughs) At a fucking church! This movie sucks. (laughs) The second time I cried, and I thought, I, that is a very interesting thing. When the little girl is at the North Pole, and she's looking through the letters... Um, and finds that her brother that year had sent a letter. And I thought, if it paid off in any way later, that is fucking beautiful that it's this little girl and her tough brother who's, uh, who's going through rough times finds that him at like 18 has written a letter to Santa. That's heartbreaking. It doesn't pay off. It's bullshit. Dumb shit. Third time is at the end of the movie when the kid... Um, it's revealed what he asked. He asked Santa if he could talk to his dad. Santa sends a letter back saying, I can't give you that, but what I can give you is a Christmas ornament where I trapped your father's soul inside of Amber. I am Santa. I am an evil necromancer. You might call me the Antichrist. But because your father is trapped here on this tree forever, little boy. Forgive them, mother, for they knew exactly what they didn't do. But the kid says to his uh, dead, trapped father, I'm proud of you. The dad says, I'm proud of you back. It made me cry. Uh, <laughs> this fucking thing drove me to madness last night i was so angry um fucking a like i wanted this movie to be good 
I, I held yeah. out some hopes during the initial sequence before the mother came in and with the sheer force of her terrible performance yeah, stopped this movie. It was awful. I feel bad for this lady. She You could tell this lady was like, she's done like soap operas and this was maybe a little bit of a break for her. She was in two of my favorite movies of all time, Father of the Bride Part 1 and 2. As what? Like, she's as the bride! Like, uh uh, and, uh, yeah, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, the fucking, I wanted to like this movie. I really did. I was looking for excuses to like it. Then the fucking, uh, Nordic Scandinavian Aryan super race elves. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Who are just tasteless and, and violent and not well incorporated into the, uh, into the live action and hey, also just sort of weird you are they cute are they minions are they sort of like that's uh, what Ewoks? that's what are they, they wanted they wanted these to be minions they wanted that to be the thing. and then the one tried to cut the kids balls off yeah. with the chainsaw <laughs> yeah. now in and a little bit of defense of the elves i appreciated that they tried something different that i haven't seen because oftentimes you'll get either um uh, uh dwarf actors as elves you'll get in fred claus they had dwarf actors that they superimposed the faces of famous actors on no that's bad way yes it's terrible that's then a hate crime the the santa claus has children playing elves which is boring and i don't like or you get uh something like elf which is um uh actors and uh, Peter Jackson, in, like uh, with Hobbits, exactly. Um, Except unless it's Will Ferrell, exactly. With Fuck this, that movie, by the way. No, what? that's that's a, a holiday classic. Uh, you're a, a little naughty boy. Uh, <laughs> Are you gonna spank me, Daddy Santa? I, I'm going to uh, uh, put you into my death bag. <laughs> oh no! Like Krampus, another <laughs> underwhelming Christmas film. That's a bad one too. But yeah. I appreciated what they did, tried to do with the elves. Of I hadn't seen that before, but they were uh, terrifying, and and then they just started dancing for no reason, <laughs> um, and they were speaking in yes, uh, some sort of Nordic dog whistle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was that a real language? I want to I want to say it's Finnish because yeah. there's something very Finnish about this Santa, which is that. The Finns were co-belligerent in the Second World War, meaning they they weren't like they fought the Nazis, but they also at one point invited them in to help them fight the Soviets. They weren't on anybody's side, and that's what this Santa Claus was. <laughs> he wasn't on anybody's side. He wasn't he had, really good. He has a line at the end. Did you guys catch this when he's talking to Goldie Hawn, uh, where he says, "Oh, I got to speak a lot of English this time." And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You've been speaking English since you've been on screen. If you, if that had if that line for that line to make sense, he would have had to have been speaking that weird uh, Scandinavian Finnish language from the Jump Street. Yeah, and he wasn't. He was speaking English. Yeah, I think that was meant to be like a that and the uh, sort of tossed in afterwards stop in Mexico City. Uh, we're, we're meant to sort of. Uh, Oh no, he's he's a, he's a global Santa Claus. He, he's he's for all the children, not just the white ones in America land. <laughs> Even though he kind of is, according to this movie. Anyway, 
This movie fucking sucks. I hate it. I wish I had watched Charade or It's a Wonderful Life or anything else instead. Oh, I still liked this better than The Last Jedi. Fuck, fuck you off. Guys. Jesus Christ. I the plot expect- made more sense. Jesus Christ. I was expecting Justin to be the one to like this, and Tom and I would represent a united front of hating it, but it warms my heart that Justin hated it. I, I am not a madman. Merciless. <laughs> I love Christmas, but I have standards, guys. Yeah. Also, well, what are we supposed to think of Netflix? Right, so if I hear there's a Netflix original movie, you know, uh, you'll either get this or the Coen Brothers. <laughs> yeah. What does it mean anymore? <laughs> there's no middle ground. <laughs> I don't think I've ever movie, yeah. seen an okay Netflix original. It's always something yeah. I have to turn off after five minutes. Yeah, or uh, beautiful stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, the- by the way, did you guys see the the Coen Brothers one yet? Not yet. It's great. Uh, also, there's um, I forget what it's called, but and I haven't seen it yet. But there's one with Paul Giamatti and uh, Catherine Hahn that's supposed to be very good. Oh yeah, that one sounds amazing. It's called Personal Life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, goddamn it! Now I just want to see the Coen Brothers direct one with Jeff Bridges as Santa Claus. With the, uh, oh, uh, that would be good. Modern Jeff Bridges, where he's always from the south and it's pretty <laughs> yeah. terrible. Yeah, it would be it would be Christmas be True Grit. Be better than this. Ho, 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 I'm a Santa. Basically, just Christmas True Grit. It would be amazing. Why don't they just, why Why not in this world of, of wacky reboots and, and, and zany sequels and bullshit crossovers and universes, why can't we just ask for Coen Brothers, here's a sack full of money, make True Grit again, except it's Christmas. <laughs> Let's See, do it. I we let's we'll stop talking about this fucking movie in a second. But here's what I beg of the world: uh, we can do. It's just like like Marvel movies and shit. Like Christmas movies are a genre. Uh, specific Christmas uh, uh, Santa Claus movies are a specific genre. We don't have to keep making the same fucking movie. This is the same as. As the end of Elf, which the last 15 minutes of Elf is this movie, but done well. Um, uh, you have, uh, they're always the same. It's saving Christmas and it's about, oh, Christmas spirits down. We don't need to do this. Here's my pitch for a Santa Claus movie. Santa Claus, and this is my real pitch. I've told Tom this before. I might want to make this at some point. Okay. Santa Claus is real, he is immortal. However, uh, he hasn't been active in the way that we think in like a hundred years. That explains away why parents uh, don't believe in Santa, but people are still getting gifts. <laughs> now, this Santa has realized uh, people are handling it themselves. He doesn't need to do that. So he just wanders the earth like a like a, a, a masterless samurai. <laughs> or the Incredible Hulk. Or the Incredible Hulk helping out children who have no hope uh as he goes along the way or there's a there's a, a young poor child and he he gives uh, uh christmas gifts to him he's about inspiring hope in people who who have no hope now there's this kid who witnesses a murder <laughs> <laughs> And Santa Claus must protect him from the drug kingpin played by the guy from the Mr. Brightside music video. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the movie, Santa Claus 
jumps in the way of a bullet. He does not fight anybody because he's nonviolent. But Santa Claus fucking dies. <laughs> Directed by right. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck movies. The world is dying. Christmas spirit say, lives on. God bless America. <laughs> I was going to say that's the, the plot you described is just the world child story, uh, story arc from Grendel. <laughs> also, I would think it would be great. I know he's is he dead if Mickey Rooney played Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> Mickey Rooney's been dead for years, unfortunately, and <laughs> suffered horrible elder abuse before he died. Oh, it's a goddamn so, shame. He was uh, the best Santa. When was he Santa? Um, Rankin Bass. Uh, you oh, without oh, a Santa oh, Claus, okay, yeah. and Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, he was. Learn your Christmas history. It's time for music here on the Plaid Lads. And uh, the, it's time to talk about our favorite Christmas, Christmas songs. And maybe it's not a Christmas song. Maybe you like the dreidel song. Hey, it's a free country for now. <laughs> yeah, for now is kind of a big one. So whether or not it's Father Christmas or annual gift man. Jesus Christ. Or, or Jesus the little baby who puts candy in your shoes if you live in Germany. It's true. It's true. Uh, tell us your favorite Christmas song. Email us at plaidladspod at gmail. Goodbye! <laughs> uh, Justin, I have a, a couple of favorite Christmas songs. I wonder if they're the same as yours. Let's hear it. Probably not. Uh, a number one is kind of a very... I have... Both of my choices are kind of basic, depending on what country you're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number one for me, number one with a bullet. Eh, I'll, I'll do my top three. Mm-hmm. Number one, Fairy Tale of New York. Mm-hmm. Great song, it's a great classic. Song. It's a beautiful great song, song to get drunk to at Christmas. You know, what's, you know what's funny is literally no one else sounds good singing that part because they don't sound drunk enough. That's true. It's accurate. <laughs> like you have to have Shane McGowan's fucked up teeth and constant alcoholism to sing that part and I nobody else does it. I put them with me, babe. I put them with my own. Can't make it out alone. I built my dreams around you. Yeah, exactly. You can't do it like the that. The boys of the NYPD choirs now singing Galway Bay. And the bells are ringing out for Christmas Day. But anyway, number two is... Oh, the waitresses. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. No, no, wait, that's a different song. That's a that is a different song. What? That's I, not I was the thinking of uh, what? Uh, that was uh <laughs> <laughs> This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. Yes. Is number Fuck two. You. That's number one, baby. Uh and number three is number one in the British Isles and has not made much of a crossover here. But it's uh, Merry Christmas, everybody, by Slade. Oh, yes. Now here it is. Merry Christmas. Now have a ball. It's a great song. It's a good one. What about you, JJ? Um, uh, uh, so uh, in no particular order, 
Um, this Christmas, Donny Hathaway is number one. Mm. Um, I'm throwing in there. I don't even give a flying fuck about it. Um, uh, all I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. That's it's a good one. It's beautiful. It's a great song. Um, I'm throwing in this. This was a, a, a discovery of a few years ago, and I, it's on my second Christmas album. Um, this was where I w- was kind of hoping you were going when you were talking about uh, the Slade one. Uh, it's called Merry Christmas, Everyone uh, by Shaken Stevens. Uh, it, this weird Welsh man. <laughs> but it's a beautiful song. You can check it out on my second Christmas album, Welcome to Wonderfalls.bandcamp.com. But I have one Christmas song that I can't ever bring up because I don't know how people are going to take it. I legitimately love this song and it's a legitimately great song. It's funky as fuck and it's beautiful. It's like a takeoff on I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Uh-oh. Uh, it's being sung by a young child. The song is called Santa Claus is a Black Man. <laughs> Whoa, hang on. By um, Akeem and Teddy Van. Uh, Van. Oh, okay. It is a beautiful song, and it fucking grooves. Santa Claus is a black man. And go listen now. And another one that I discovered this year is an Elton John song called Ho Ho Ho, Who'd Be a Turkey at Christmas Time. Get on those. All right. I, I still recommend Slade overall. Slade is great. Slade is great. Uh, yeah, Tom. Makes me want to drink beer. Like celebrate Christmas by drinking a lot of beer. Yeah. The the Brits. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> the Brits and the idea of Father Christmas. I prefer Father Christmas Father, to Santa. Yeah. Better better figure. Father Christmas is Santa to me. That's who I'm thinking of. What he's about merriment. He, it's not about children. <laughs> Oh, it's about the Christmas spirit. <laughs> it's about also, getting drunk. <laughs> I forgot another big one because I forget what it's called. Uh-huh. But the Kinks one. It's called Father, Father Christmas. Christmas. Father Christmas. Give me some money. Well, now that you've stolen. I was going to say and then I didn't because I was going to save it for Tom. OK, well, Tom, uh, tell, well, tell us about that great song. Well, I'll just leave the tatters for you guys. Uh, so yeah, one thing I like about Father Christmas is that it kind of gives you the other side of the coin, mm-hmm. which is that, uh, that often that Christmas is about a lot of people who don't have enough and that mm-hmm. are wanting and, uh, yeah. And, and, and the anger and it, who better than to remind us of our righteous anger than the kinks as they do so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, another great one. I'm surprised Justin didn't say this one, but must be Christmas by the band. Uh, oh yes. yeah! On all, off of a non-Christmas album, it which was just a is Christ- some of my. Th- I love when that happens. There's a song from uh, that did not get to go on my latest Christmas album, and I'm so excited to put it on a regular album. <laughs> it's uh, that was Northern Light Southern Cross, mm-hmm. right? I believe it was so. the album. That was uh, uh, speaking of Christmas songs. Long Christmas albums honorary mention to uh, Christmas at the Zoo by Flaming yes. Lips off of Clouds Taste Metallic. Great music video for that as well. Previous uh, previous guest on our show. <laughs> previous guest, previous guest on our pod. show, Wayne Coyne. <laughs> yes. We got to the bottom of his racism. 
No, I don't think we ever did. Uh, and uh, uh, I think uh, Quasi's got one too. Mm. <laughs> uh. All your favorite bands. That's what I, I say this Christmas season. All of your favorite bands. Go try and search for their Christmas song. Daniel Johnston has a great one. Um, Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks have a Christmas adjacent song. Um, uh, Tom Waits, Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, I, which I've been trying to get on one of my albums for literally every year, but I haven't yet. Um, uh, they might be giants have a great Christmas EP. Oh, the or just just EP. go go listen to Justin's Christmas albums. You'll see covers of all the worthwhile <laughs> Christmas songs. Uh, uh, great Bob magnetic Dylan, fields. Bob Dylan had one about eight years ago. That's oh, really he had good. a whole album. Yeah, yeah. Very the whole album is good. Very odd <laughs> and fun. Here um, comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Right down Santa Claus Lane. <laughs> Uh, Twisted Sister have one where they do um, uh, Oh Come All Ye Faithful in the style of uh, We're Not Gonna Take It. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's great. Christmas is fun for all music. It's like the cheapest fucking thing. It's like, uh, I love Actually is a problematic movie, but I do love Bill Nye's uh, um, uh, storyline in that. Bill, 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 <laughs> Nye, the British but guy. Science guy, he. It's just the... <laughs> <laughs> just cheap, disposable <laughs> Christmas music. There's something charming about it. All right. J- Justin. Huh? Yeah. What? What else do plaid lads love? Well, um, Plaid Lad loves uh, roller skate. The Plaid Lad love um, bicycle. Plaid Lad love uh, cheesecake. And this is like a shonen knife berries. song. <laughs> it is like a shonen knife song. <laughs> Plaid Lad love. Um, Plaid Lad love. Playing baseball with friend. Plaid Lad love frit. Wait, wait. I'm having a recovered memory, guys. Oh. God, I remember. <laughs> I, I remember. <laughs> Dr. Fraser Crane's having a shitty Christmas, but he's realizing that there are two sides to every coin, the upside and downside. He feels the downside. He finds the upside. It's a Christmas goddamn miracle. Fraser, season one, episode 12, I think. Miracle on a third yes. of stream. Third, third. <laughs> Take that again. Third or fourth street. Third or fourth street. Um, we also didn't pause, but cool. Um, over it. Over it. Okay. Uh, this is a really funny episode mm-hmm. that gives me pause for a couple of instances near the middle when they are at Fraser's apartment. Uh huh. Because. There's a part this really ramps up the Niles is a creep. Yes. Because he is making Daphne try on dresses. Yes. It's getting pretty unforgivable. Yes. Previously yeah. it was he was reacting. And then he started playing along with these fantasies, and now he's uh he's taking definitive actions. It's disgusting. I was legitimately disgusted this time. It's not good. And 
there's a, a line that's kind of only saved by the fact that David Hyde Pierce is an excellent physical comedian with great timing, mm-hmm. where Daphne says, oh, I had to take me undies off to get the this one on. And he drops his sherry glass like right as she says it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just good timing. But then this is 1993 and uh, Daphne's visiting her uncle Jackie in yes. San Francisco for Christmas. Oh. Um and she says it's it's not going to be a traditional Christmas because Uncle Jackie's a quote unquote transvestite. And last Christmas I had to rip him out of his hosiery because he had eaten too much turkey, which I call bullshit on. If you, you know pantyhose, that stuff is like tissue paper. All you got to do is uh, get a run starting, and that shit will pop right off. Uh, well, okay, not for nothing, but there is a difference between somebody who's transgender, experiences gender dysmorphia, and people who are transvestites. These are different phenomena. Uh, yeah. I know, it was being played for laughs. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was the 90s. There was a lot of shit wrong with everything. For instance, Fraser yeah. wanted to put chili pepper lights on his Christmas tree. Which, oh, yeah, yeah, let's which, talk about that. Which, which made me angry, because... Okay, I can see it being like a hip, trendy thing at the time. Frasier's not hip or trendy. Frasier is about uh, 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 like uh, his own classic style. Frasier would not do that. I no, actually, I think you, you might be being a little, uh, a little tone and I won't say tone deaf to, but tone insensitive because you were a little bitty baby when this show first came out. So you, you didn't live through the '90s. I think one thing that maybe you were I'm a month older than you <laughs> well yeah i was also a little baby and we you're were a little baby boy <laughs> we weren't sensitive or sensible to the trends at the time and i think fraser was meant to be sort of pompous and uh, uh a trendy fella i think a lot of the decor of his apartment and his his choices were all pretty of their time chili peppers yeah i, I don't know man you don't but remember that, that that threw me off that was a thing you guys don't remember? Okay, that scene... No, this scene, was a thing in the 2000s. That scene always takes me right back to my childhood. You had chili peppers? We didn't, but my best friend... My best friend... <laughs> my best friend... Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I would always used to go to his penis. I mean, house. And, uh, <laughs> and his vagina. I mean, mom would... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I would always like open presents and then murder my father and marry my mother and uh <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. These were all examples of Freudian slips to bring us back to Fraser. But no, chili pepper Christmas lights were definitely a uh, obnoxiously nineties uh, thing. I remember those being around. Gross. Yeah. Um, and so he has a, so the, the driving force is that he thinks his son Frederick is coming home for Christmas. Um, and instead Lilith takes him to the Alps to relive the sound of music, mm-hmm. which seems a little weird because Lilith is canonically Jewish. So why would she give a shit? Um, so Frazier is not going to see Frederick. He gets into a big fight with Martin over the decorations, uh, and decides to take bulldog slot on Christmas day. And this is a six hour slot of live radio on Christmas. Why wouldn't they just run a rerun? Yeah. 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 
Or find like the or or maybe they're admitting they don't have any. Find the only Jewish on air talent in the entire staff, <laughs> which I guess they're just saying they don't have any. <laughs> the loud guy makes another appearance in this episode. And he does the same thing and they play it as a joke, but they add nothing to the joke. It's just that I don't oh, was I loud? Get out of here. Yeah, the, he he does not last long, as I recall. Yeah, no, they they kill him off in uh, a couple more episodes. And uh... Fraser uh, gets felt up by a drunk lady mm. who is too. Uh, this is going to sound gross, but the lady they cast is too hot for the joke to work. Yeah. Uh... I. I, 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 I disagree well no 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 no. i'm with frank here now i'm thinking about it because knowing how fraser is and how fraser recurrently is blinded by his uh uh penis uh he would have uh he would have been oh ashante no no fraser's not that even though she is the one being aggressive and she is the one who is drunk Frazier still would not do that. It's it's, no, it's he would, wrong to no, do that. I, I'm not saying that it's he okay to He picked a hooker up off the side of the road <laughs> and had to explain to Freddie oh, what a prostitute was. Uh, that, that was fake. That was a dream sequence. But I, I, it, they uh, were walking a tightrope with that whole thing. I don't think it was yeah. necessary or funny, but they handled it fine, I think. They, they did. Especially um, compared to the Daphne shit, which is so awful in this episode. Reprehensible. But I, the way they build up the joke, you're expecting like Cheryl from Accounts Receivable to mm. to be the drunk lady who feels up Frasier because that's how the joke should play. Yeah. But instead, it's this very conventionally attractive actress, and you think, well, this would just be a love interest for Frasier in a later episode. Though, though I uh, appreciate. I don't know if if what you're getting at um, uh, uh, makes masks the joke and then makes it funny. I do appreciate. Her just picking him up, literally picking him up and carrying him off. I found that funny. Um, I think so, they, I think they realized somewhere between uh, the script making it past the like the table read and like the script supervisor and the casting director actually putting this together, they were like, "Gil, this is a bad thing that we're writing, so we need to ameliorate it somehow." Yeah. So they, they, they let the air out of that tire a little. Yeah, by making her, uh, air quote, uh, conventionally attractive, it makes the joke the aggressiveness and not a look at this. Uh, look at this fat pig. Look fat at this pig, fat she wants hard. to have sex. She doesn't deserve it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she's she's not a, uh, she's not a. She's emaciated. not a 10. Frasier is 10s only. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what the fuck is that about? Fuck that shit. That's, that's Why does he every... always bag 10s? That's, that's in everything. I, I yeah. point you to one of my other favorite shows growing up, the Drew Carey show. <laughs> Wait, it was that a thing on Drew Carey? I like never watched that. He never he wasn't with Mimi the whole time? No. <laughs> that was his brother. As no letters, no emails. <laughs> Drew Carey I legitimately Nation. thought that that was uh, no. the story. 
<laughs> that would make sense, Frank. That's what it ought to have been. And then we got Mike and Molly. Uh, but no, it was he was lusting after his skinny, uh, attractive friend who he was in the friend zone uh, for seven seasons. Then he finally got his way. No, that's that's not true. It, it after he negged her down. That is that is completely inaccurate. And he threatened to kill himself no, if she didn't. Uh, no, they were friends. He had a bunch of other uh, attractive ladies. Um, yeah, that's, we'll get to it. <laughs> so, but okay. The, I think the first like actor or act and a half or two acts are garbage in this episode. The, the setting it all up, but once he's in the station by himself through to the end, I think is a wonderful Christmas parable, uh, fit for the, a king or a lowly peasant. As we will see as Fraser Ritzy, man of taste and means, uh, is in his grungy depression clothes, which mm-hmm. he looks terrible. It makes no sense. They have so many holes in them. So many holes, that is while it falls out. And then he goes to a diner to get a humble Christmas meal. The only place that's open, a diner, the likes of which don't exist in Seattle. I didn't see any. Anyway, so he goes. I'm sure in- they're not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't filmed on location. Uh, so he's in this diner with uh, some uh, delightful uh, people who are poor and are having a Merry Christmas, and he can't find his wallet. So they pay for his meal by taking up a collection, and his heart grows three sizes. And then he comes back in in a comic shticky thing, and guy gives him a quarter, and he calls his dad, and then the episode's over. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, the, <laughs> Bye-bye. The homeless guy says... Uh, he points to Fraser's car, which I believe is stated multiple times over the course of Fraser's either a BMW or a Porsche. Um, and he oh, points to Fraser's a, car a, and says, Christmas isn't for the rich guys out there with cars like that. Christmas is for guys like us. <laughs> Just go in the and, full Michael Caine again, which, by the way, wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Fraser uh, has to, of course, go into his very expensive foreign car after trying to explain to these people that he's indeed very well off mm-hmm. um, and uh, fails to do so, gets his keys back uh, and goes off to call his dad. But it's a, it's a, a becomes a very good episode about Christmas loneliness and how you can get holiday blues, but you have to go right through them and learn to appreciate what matters. Uh, and the two famous callers who call in on this episode, the crying guy is Ben Stiller. Oh. And the old guy is uh, Mel Brooks. Oh. We should have been doing this this whole time. That should have been part of the segment. Yeah. Oh, well. I think a, a good episode. And I think this is the first of a long line of great Frasier holiday episodes. Yes. The, the holiday episodes in particular on Frasier are very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is the Thanksgiving episode that we will get to eventually with that, Lilith. That is also my the one where they're trying to get Freddie into the... Yes. Yeah, into that the is my school, yeah. favorite Frasier episode. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Great episode. Oh, oh, baby. It's Christmas. All right. Episode over. No, we have to do the stuff. All right, we have on. to do recommendations. <clears throat> Recommendation. Da-na-na-na. Recommendation. Ba-na-bum. Time for a recommendation. You there. Hi. Who. What. Do. You. Do. My name is Justin. Hello, how are you? Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye! 
Well, it wouldn't be an episode of the pod, lads, if Justin didn't take a few bars. Yeah. <clears throat> what do we? What do we want? What do we got to recommend out there for people this holiday season? Justin, I, I want to. I'm going to tell you about four things I, I watched for the first time a couple nights ago. Um, a film called Christmas Evil. It's from 1980. Um, it is uh, written and directed by Lewis Jackson and starring Brandon Maggard. It's uh, kind of an early Christmas slasher. Uh, it's a man who witnesses his father dressed as Santa uh, and his mother uh, being sexually active as a child. Oh, I've seen this. You're it's, bringing back memories. Okay, okay, keep going. It is fucking amazing. It is far closer to Taxi Driver, legitimately, yeah, yeah than yeah. like a conventional slasher film. It's got a weird, um, surreal, light, hilarious tone. It is legitimately one of the most interesting films <laughs> I've seen in a long time. We should have done it. <laughs> we should have done that. That's actually On a very here. good movie. I, I that when you mentioned oddly enough the mom having sex with the dad, mm -hmm. uh, that was like, oh shit, I've seen this before. It's um, incredible. Yeah. Go out there, watch it if you can. You don't have to watch it at Christmas because it's just a great movie. Um, along similar lines of a weird thing, uh, Claws by Grant Morrison, the comic. Hell yeah. Uh, it's a fun uh, retelling of the Santa mythos, which leads me into the, my next thing. Uh, it's basically the same plot as Rankin Bass's Christmas special, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is legitimately one of my favorite pieces of art. It is, I've whittled it down to, I can, if that's the only thing I can watch for Christmas, Christmas can still happen. That is Christmas to me. And finally, my latest album, this is the fourth Christmas album, is now on welcometowonderfalls.bandcamp.com. It's a lot shorter than I was hoping it would be. It's not exactly <laughs> what I was going for, but it's, it's a different thing. I hope you like it. I love you all. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> Tom? Uh, I, I, I have nothing. All right. Uh, I've got nothing to recommend. I'm, uh, I've had a pretty busy week. I'm not even going to be mad at myself here. Frank? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I have, a, I have a couple things to recommend. Before I realized we were doing holiday recommendations, I was going to say the first thing I recommend mm -hmm. is the, uh, BBC detective drama Inspector Morse, uh, is based on a book series as many BBC detective dramas were and are, um, but it's about a police detective who likes drinking beer, but not in a police detective-y American way. He just legitimately enjoys beer and doesn't get drunk. He's just like, I like sipping a nice taste in beer. Th this is uh, what the show is about? No, it's not what the show is about. Uh, is, it, is, is it... Uh, uh... Uh, a children's show? Is it sideways? <laughs> the, uh... yeah. it, it's, uh, so he is a police detective who solves a bunch of salacious crimes in and around England. Um, while, while wearing one of those beer can hats that he's <laughs> drinking from moderately. No, he's not, he's not from fucking Wisconsin. Um, but uh, his name is Endeavor Morse. Uh, and one of the chief pleasures of the show is is that it's kind of a who's who of great British actors. Uh, 
Michael Goff, the guy who played Alfred in the uh, 80s and 90s Batman movies, uh, is in it because he was in that stage of his career. If you know anything about Michael Goff, uh, he made a lot of really Don't disreputable. Try to tell me about Michael Gorf. Yes. Frank. <laughs> Stop mansplaining Michael Drunk, Fordman. <laughs> I was going to say, if you know anything about Michael Goff, is that for a large part of his career, he played a lot of really disreputable characters in like sleazy horror and crime movies. Uh, and he does that very well in the second episode of Inspector Morse here. Uh, also has Roger Lloyd Pack. It has uh, the great Patrick Troughton in one of his final roles in the first episode. Uh, Clive Swift is in an episode. It's a real who's who. And everybody's having a lot of fun. And uh, it's really well written and tight and, and fun. And it's a breezy watch, Inspector Morse. Um, and as for Christmas recommendations... I think I'm going to recommend my favorite Rankin Bass uh, Christmas movie of all time, which is uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Solid. That's It's the, a solid one. And, it's the uh, first my, Christmas one. My, my very, very close, my tie, it's not even number two, is A Year Without a Santa Claus, also good. which Justin has covered on his album, mm-hmm. one of the best songs from A Year Without a Santa Claus, the Heat Miser song. True. It's true. What made you not want to do Cold Miser? Oh, uh, uh, Snow Miser. Uh, Snow Miser. Oh, Jesus Christ, Frank. Uh, <laughs> uh, going back to earlier how I was saying uh, this album is not what I was planning on it being. <laughs> I had to cut it because I was running out of time. I see. Were you doing this like literally right before we recorded? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I told myself I will not allow myself to live if this album is not done before we record tonight. <laughs> and he immediately posted it on Facebook, folks. So oh, yeah. he got it done. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's it for our Christmas episode, folks. We'll uh, we'll see Frank, you in the new year. Frank, 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 shut the fuck up, Frank. Frank, do our uh, uh, our plugs and, and IDs in your serviceable Michael Caine. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. I take uh, it back. It's terrible. <laughs> Why is he Matthew McConaughey from Dixon Computers? <laughs> all right, my name is Michael Kane. Uh, we are at Plaid Lads Pod on Twitter. We are at Plaid Lads Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Rate us on iTunes. Give us a nice review. We are at Plaid Lads Pod on Instagram. Justin is at Welcome to Wonderfalls and Things That Made Me Cry on Instagram. I am at Frank McDevitt on Twitter. Please follow us and leave a review. Thank you. We like you. My gift to you is not ripping into that impression. My <laughs> gift to you is, uh, Tom, is I will do it. You're bad at that. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I'm not, oh, I'm... It's, yeah, it's better. He had, what do you have a wisdom teeth removed? Uh, <laughs> He's got the mumps. So we'll see you in the new year, folks. In the new year, we are going to be covering the Phantom Carriage by Victor Solstrom, and we are also going to be covering Another Green World by Brian Eno. Legitimately, one of the best albums ever uh, recorded, and uh, whatever fucking Fraser episode is after this, the thirteenth one. The 13th one. So, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Have a ball. Have a wonderful new year. 
have a couple few beers and love on your loved ones and don't do the bad stuff. We might rebrand to a Star Trek podcast in the new year. Who knows? Engage. <laughs> it's a, it's a, that could be a huge lie, what I just said. <laughs> this could also be a huge lie. Who knows? Everything's uh, a fucking lie. It's the Christmas time. Anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, or not Merry Christmas if you don't celebrate. Thank you.